Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. Welcome into the TDN Fantasy Podcast, Chris Schubert. And I promised Jamie Eisner would be back on the Tuesday edition of the show. And I don't make promises I can't keep Jamie Eisner back on the show here on a Tuesday. Waiver wire rankings, Jamie's week 14 rankings as the regular season for fantasy for some of you comes to an end. Playoffs for some of you also beginning. I know that is the case for me here. Uh, So a lot to get into. I I said this, Jamie, on the Sunday show that I know you didn't listen to because you don't listen to anything that I do when you're not around. I said that this is that time of year where every game, every possession, uh, every single moment of these games feels a little bit more heightened because the season just feels like it's in the balance. Uh, Every time Scott Hanson switches a game on red zone, you feel like, oh goodness, this could be be a play that makes or breaks my fantasy season. So it is fun to get to this part of the year and have all of this stuff uh, to break down. We will get to your waiver wire rankings and we'll have that discussion here in a second let me tell you about our friends over at bet online with a new updated website and interface and if you head over there right now and use the promo code believe 50 that's b-l-e-a-v-5-0 you're going to get a 50 percent welcome bonus on your first deposit you still got college football all the ball games are going on still got the nfl action nba nhl all of that stuff available even your vague favorite vegas casino games over at betonline.ag so promo code believe 50 that's b-l-e-a-v-5-0 a 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Jamie, waiver wire, this is a big time of year for this. As, as With this new extra game in the NFL season, the bye weeks are moved around, and for some people, their playoff formats have not changed. I know that's the case for me, and I'm sure I'm not the only one that's like that. So these bye weeks late in the season, uh, they matter a little bit more. So being able to look on the waiver wire and make these kind of pickups to help you win your matchups this week are very important. So we will get into that. And as always, we use the list over at fantasypros.com to at least jumpstart our conversation. Quarterbacks. Taysom Hill, Taylor Heineke, Cam Newton, Justin Fields, Teddy Bridgewater, the five names. My initial reaction is no thank you to any of them. Now, I have a big quarterback decision to make this week because two is out, but I don't want any of these five. I'm still perfectly fine playing Taysom Hill. This is, again, we talked about this a lot, and it's not to the same degree as the Jalen Hurts preseason conversation that we had. But points are points, and you don't really care how you get them. Uh, If you put Taysom Hill in your lineup, just don't watch him. And you'll be fine. Just we'll just wait to see what the points accumulate to being at the end of the, the week. He was objectively a terrible NFL quarterback last week, but a really strong fantasy player. And that's really all that matters for you. And uh, he has your lowly New York Jets at MetLife this week. So he is a top 10 quarterback in my ranking. So I would absolutely pick him up if you need somebody this week. Uh, Taylor Heineke, I, I'm intrigued by. Uh, I think he's a you know QB 15, QB 16 type of a guy if you're really in, in a tough spot. You know, I wouldn't – I think I'm going to roll with Cam Newton again this week uh, if I need a low-end QB1. Uh, I'm not – I know he was terrible last week, but the rushing upside and the rushing touchdown potential is still there. Uh, So given with the four teams on by, I still think he is going to be in that fringe QB1 conversation. But uh, So I am interested in the top three guys, but all of them are rostered in more than about a third of leagues or more. So they're probably not going to be available to you. But this is a caution for commissioners out there that just figured out this past week that their playoffs start this week. Don't make this mistake <laughs> next year. As long as they're going to be have bye weeks in week 14, you really do not want bye weeks to affect your playoffs. Like I, I really think that is, is a major disadvantage, and it's really not something that you want going forward. Can't do anything about it now, I, I realize, but make sure that mistake does not carry into 2022 and beyond. 
Oh, the running back position, uh, Jermichael Hasty tops the list, number one. Tevin Coleman, two. Rashad Penny, three. Kenny Gainwell, four. And Adrian Peterson, five. This is storylines aplenty with the injuries to the San Francisco running back room. Tevin Coleman has looked good uh, since, specifically last Sunday uh, in taking over from Michael Carter. And then the Seattle running back room, which is just a revolving door at this point. Adrian Peterson gets into the end zone on Sunday. Uh, so a lot of storylines here inside the top five, Jamie. Yeah, I mean, Jermichael Hasty is interesting to me, but again, I – I think he's worth having on your team at this point because it looks some combination of all the running backs that got hurt in that Niners game. Uh, I still would not rule out that Elijah Mitchell plays this week. So I, I would be cautious about blowing a, a, like a large amount of your fab budget that's remaining on Jermichael Hasty because I think it might be more of a complimentary role for him. Uh, but he's definitely worth adding to your roster. I just feel like people are going to flock to the waiver wire and they might be disappointed when we get to the injury reports later in the week. Uh, Tevin Coleman's an interesting one for me. I don't really like him this week uh, just because he's going up against a strong New Orleans State's defense and he's been the primary rusher of that RB duo uh, in the post-Michael Carter injury era. I think Ty Johnson actually might have a, be able to catch him in fantasy production. I don't really want anybody else that we mentioned. Uh, I, I'm not really overly excited about any of these RB groups. We haven't been excited about the running back position at all for pretty much for most of the year. Mm-hmm. Um, if you're going to take a shot on a guy, again, I, I do think a player like uh, Amir Abdullah would be interesting to me. He looked to play the primary pass catching role when Christian McCaffrey went down. So that is somebody that's not we haven't talked about that I think I'd be a little bit more interested in this week. Yeah, I think, you know, Tevin Coleman has been the rusher in that New York Jets offense, but has not necessarily taken on the Michael Carter role specifically where they're designing plays for him out of the backfield, all of that kind of stuff. So uh, certainly something to keep an eye on there. A lot of wide receivers to get into, Jamie. Russell Gage tops the list. Devontae Parker, number two. I feel like we talk about those guys quite a bit. KJ Osborne, three. Kendrick Bourne, four. Marquez Valdez, Scantling, five. But the name I want to talk about, the name at number six on this list. Finally had his breakout moment because he had Game winner. Amon Ross St. Brown. We've talked about him on the show before that we thought that he was going to be in for a big season because who else was catching passes there in Detroit? It didn't necessarily materialize up until this point, but 12 targets in the game on Sunday. I talked about this on Sunday's show. 12 targets, had the 10 catches, and obviously the big thing is the touchdown to give the Lions their first win. But take the touchdown out of it. That's a big game for him. He got the ball thrown his way a lot from Jared Goff. That was good to see. It was good to see. You know, he's going to be more of a low-end wide receiver four for me this week. Again, not a must-add, but if you're in a deeper league, he's somebody I'm definitely interested in because he's going to get that volume. Jared Goff at least looks competent these last couple weeks. KJ Osborne's a really fun one. He was a guy I liked a lot earlier in the season, and if Adam Thielen is out, he instantly moves up into that second pass-catching role where, you know, in that Minnesota game on Sunday, it was pretty much Jefferson Osborne and Tyler Conklin as the guys that were getting a ton of targets and a ton of catches in that game with Dalvin Cook out and, and Adam I'm feeling banged up a bit. So, um, but yeah, so Gage should be added at this point. His couple of nothing burgers have really hurt his fantasy stock, but more often than not, he's been a really solid option for that Atlanta offense. And uh, look, don't don't be scared off by any of the like New England or Buffalo pass catchers in this case of Kendrick Bourne. Like you weren't going to throw in that game last night, so don't let their cumulative point total um, get weighed down by a game they will not likely be playing in. Uh, at least yeah, not this year. 
Imagine having your fantasy season on the line in, in last night's Chris uh, in, in, in Monday night's football game, and you had Stephon Diggs on your team, and you needed him to score a certain amount of points, and he missed by four tenths. Imagine. Now I still made the playoffs, but it was it was not fun in the pregame with ESPN showing just Josh Allen. They showed a, they showed a shot pregame. I don't know if you saw this, Jamie, of Josh Allen out on the field, probably like an hour or two before the game started, and it's just it's just snowing sideways. There's just snow snow coming at him yeah. from every direction, and he's like he's pointing up at like the the, the flags on the left side of the field. And he's pointing and he goes, well, these ones are going this way. It's like he was doing like a physics class out there to try to figure out what direction I have to throw the ball in order to complete passes. I was like, I'm duped. When I saw that, I'm like, this is not going to go the way that I need it to. Uh, the tight end position, Jamie, and I feel like I say this every week. It is names that we basically mention every week in this portion of the program. Tyler Conklin, Evan Ingram, Cole Komet, Foster Moreau, Gerald Everett, C.J. Uzoma. Yeah, Conklin's a name I mentioned earlier, uh, particularly if Thielen's out. But even if he's not, Conklin's been kind of a guy that's been hanging around the back part of tight end one territory now for a little bit. Um, you know, Ingram's okay. Uh, I have him as tight end 14 this week. I think that's a decent option. Same thing with Foster Moreau, assuming Darren Waller's out tight end 13. Uh, really, any of these guys are top 17, 18 options for you. Uh, they're not a lot of major t- – I mean, outside of – I mean, so Goddard's out this week. Jacecki's out this week. Hunter Henry's out this week. I doubt you're playing any of the Colts guys. So if, you, if you're without one of those guys, I would really say anybody on this list, uh, except really Cole Clement. I'm not so sure that I'm in I, – I would not have him third on my list. I, I would take Conklin first, Foster Moreau second, Evan Ingram third uh, if I were to do a top three. And then if you're looking for a fourth guy – uh, I guess I'd go Gerald Everett there, although he had a coming off a nice negative one point three point fantasy performance. Uh, why why are you, you down? Want. Why are you down on Cole Komet? Is would it be something to do with the offense that is there? That he uh, the offense for? is horrible. Uh, is that was that the reason why you would be maybe a little. I know skeptical? he's look. He's gotten some more targets lately. I have him at tight end night. I mean, all these guys are clustered here. Like I've Everett seventeen, Uzoma eighteen, Cole Komet nineteen. I'm just I'm not enthused about any of those guys, to be perfectly honest with you. But if you have to pick up one of those guys, I still think Komet is third of those three. Uh, we got Jamie's rankings here coming up in just a second, but got to tell you about our friends over at Lightbox. Say goodbye to dull gifts. Lightbox lab-grown diamonds are the brightest gift of the year. Using cutting-edge technology and innovative techniques, they have cracked the science of sparkle, creating the highest quality lab-grown diamonds you can find at a light price, $800 per carat. They have the same chemical makeup of natural diamonds, but just are grown in a lab. Because of their process, they can create stones in blush pink, beautiful blue, as well as that classic white look lightbox lab grown diamonds are the gift they'll never want to take off priced so that they won't have to they really do make any outfit sparkle visit lightboxjewelry.com to add sparkle to your holiday shopping that's lightboxjewelry.com lightbox diamonds never a dull moment and it is never a dull moment when we get into jamie's rankings for the week week how many weeks in a row are you going to make that joke chris of the regular season I'm just going to ignore you and move past this. If you're going to ignore me, you wouldn't have acknowledged that you were ignoring me. And you've mentioned probably the thing that I would circle and start the conversation with Taysom Hill as QB nine. I'm very intrigued by your cluster of of quarterbacks from 10 to 15, Jamie. Kirk Cousins, Cam Newton, Matt Stafford, Russell Wilson, Joe Burrow, Derek Carr. That's just a cluster of guys that if you flip that order completely, I'd be like, yeah, okay, that's I'm good with that. You could put those guys in any order and I would I would have been like, yeah, that makes sense. Yeah, and, and I think that's kind of where I end up being in my rankings with these guys, where they they were all within, I believe, like less than a point of each other in my projections. And look, there are some that are riskier than others. Um, you know, like I feel like Cam Newton is is a risky player right now. 
you know, Russell Wilson hasn't been great, but like he's going up against the Houston defense indoors. Like that, that's a really solid matchup. Joe Burrow's been turning the ball over a lot, but he's still been able to put up some points. Derek Carr's got a really good matchup against Kansas City. And he's had success against that defense over the last couple years. So, you know, Stafford has a little bit tough for a matchup, but hasn't looked great over the last few weeks. Pretty much since you, Kyle, and Joe jinxed him by telling everybody to bet on his him winning MVP. Yeah. Uh, yeah. You've just absolutely tanked yeah. his season so far. It's also kind of like a weird week for me. I actually want to go up a little bit higher here because, you know, Lamar Jackson's been okay, but not great lately. Patrick Mahomes is coming off after having some really strong weeks, uh, came off another very blah week, but he's had a lot of success against Vegas. Brady's got a tough matchup, uh, probably his toughest matchup of the season so far against Buffalo, but no Trey White. So is it as tough as it could have been? Uh, There are a lot of really interesting things that kind of go into the rankings this week, but you know, you're not going to be missing a, a ton of guys. I mean, I doubt you were starting Wentz or Mac Jones. I guess you were starting two. Most people weren't starting two on a regular basis in single quarterback leagues. But if you're relying on a guy like Jalen Hurts, you probably already found another option last week with Minshew starting. Uh, you could probably ride with that option again this week. Yeah, so I'll just talk about what my situation is because I think it's interesting. Uh, with Tua, I, t- I, I benched Tannehill, cut him off the team, uh, and then went to – Tua, and now I got to move on from Tua because this is a keepers league and Fields is my other quarterback, and I'm not necessarily thrilled about putting Tua, uh, putting Fields back on on free agency. So, Jamie, you might have convinced me to roll with the Saints quarterback Taysom Hill and just not watch that game on Sunday. I might do exactly what you suggested: play Taysom Hill, pick him up this week, and then just don't watch any of that football game, and then be happy with the 20 points I get uh, by the time it was over. Two threw four picks last week and still had 23 fantasy points. Yes, so. It can be done. It can, it can. be done. They'll rush for 100 yards, too. Like, I mean, it's just like it is what it is. Uh, the running back rankings, Jamie, uh, Alvin Kamara, Austin Eckler, Joe Mixon, Nick Chubb, Alexander Madison, uh, all inside the top five. Uh, James Conner up all the way to RB8. Uh, Aaron Jones, RB9. Josh Jacobs, RB10. Nice to see Antonio Gibson. The guy's RB11. couple of good weeks for him. Starting to feel yeah. good. If you, if you have had him on your team, he's starting to peak at the right time for you. And he finds himself uh, right outside, uh, right inside the RB1 conversation. Anything else? Uh, Javante Williams up to RB20 after the big game that he had on Sunday Night Football. I think to me, I think there, there are two points that we discuss here. And there's obviously the injury watch on some top guys that we really like. Uh, Elijah Mitchell's at 14 for me right now. Is he going to play? Joel Henderson at 15. Is he going to? I know he was technically active, but is he going to be better in time for this game? You know, Ezekiel Elliott feels like we're going to be asking questions about him the rest of the year, regardless of what Jerry Jones will say. You know, does Chase Edmonds get activated off IR this week for Monday Night Football? I think if he does, he is an RB2. Uh, you know, so there's a lot of those interesting players that we're discussing right now. And it kind of affects their backups. We saw the massive workload that Sony Michelle got. And that's why I had him actually inside of RB1 territory last week by the end of the week because of just the way that Michelle McVeigh loves to run that power downhill running game. Henderson looked like he wasn't going to get much work at all. And they gave Sony Michelle a ton of work. I have an RB30 right now, but he would flash right back up into the top 15 if something were to happen to Dale Henderson or, or he would suffer a setback. But then we have some of the new guys that are jumped in here. If Chuba Hubbard up at 26 now, we're going to see what this Carolina team looks like without Christian McCaffrey again in this run here. I have Chuba Hubbard at 26, Amir Abdullah at 35. You know, Adrian Peterson at 36 because I think he's still going to have a chance to get in the end zone, even though he still doesn't look all that good. I know he got in the end zone again last week. But, you know, and the Jets guys, 
Told you I'm not high on either one of them. Tevin Coleman, Ty Johnson next to each other at 38-39. That's the so, Jamie special. That's the Jamie special. I, I don't know how I feel about both these guys. Just put them just right next to each other in the ring. Yeah. There's one spot I can flip them at any point. Yeah, because and we'll see. Because like the reality is I want to play Tevin Coleman. Tevin Coleman's a better fantasy option in most matchups. Just not this one. Like that's the reality. Like I had to bring like Tevin Coleman down to where I would normally have Ty Johnson in this category. So my advice to you is that Keep an eye on the injury reports. Uh, it is going to be a crazy, crazy week for a lot of very relevant fantasy running backs all week long. Uh, wide receivers, Jamie Cooper Cup uh, retakes his spot. Wide receiver one, Devontae Adams two, Jeff, Justin Jefferson three, Stephon Diggs four, Deontay Johnson after the monster game. He had wide receiver five. He's had a good year I, all year. Deontay Johnson still doesn't get enough love. I said I know it was like a big theme of me the back half of last yeah, season on this podcast. Please. He still doesn't get enough love. He, he does not get enough love, and he's coming off of a monster performance uh, and a monster win uh, for that Pittsburgh Steeler team. You have Adam Thielen at wide receiver 10, uh, obviously monitoring the injury uh, issue there, so just keep an eye on that when you're looking at uh, at Jamie's rankings. Uh, I'm just trying to think, uh, you know what, Jamie? I'm going to do it. I'm going to mention it every week I can because he continues to move up the rankings. Elijah Moore, wide receiver, 19 this week. Elijah Moore, top 20 wide receiver in fantasy. You love to see it. It's so funny. We we finally got to where everybody's hype train was on Elijah Moore in the preseason. If you remember the conversation surrounding him really right up until week one, uh, he's finally living up to that. And actually, a lot of these guys are. Uh, actually, well, I mean, Jamar Chase has been going down a little bit in recent weeks, but obviously he had the hot start. But like Jalen Waddle and Elijah Moore have really skyrocketed. Both those guys are wide receiver twos at this point, like guaranteed and- wide receiver twos. Corey Davis is going to miss the remainder of the season for the Jets. I think there's just yep. more opportunity for Elijah Moore to be the guy that Zach Wilson looks to on almost every play um, in that offense. So, yeah, so him being up at wide receiver 19 uh, does make a lot of sense. Uh, anything else, Jamie? I'm looking at your wide receiver three tier. Uh, to well, see if I'd be anything. remiss if I didn't mention Noto Beckham Jr. is now creeping uh, back know, into the top 30. That's what like, I was going to say, yes. Yeah, he's creeped back into the top 30. He's caught a touch, uh, touchdown back-to-back weeks. Uh, I do have him and Van Jefferson next to each other, and that's not a cop out. I just think they both can be successful um, within Jamie each Eisner other. Special, oh, the Jamie Eisner special. It's just two players right next to each other you in the standings. Um, I mean, some of the waiver wire guys we talked about, Russell Gage, uh, I believe, is the highest of the waiver wire receivers that we discussed at wide receiver thirty-eight. I w- I would keep an eye on these Bills receivers this week because when I initially looked at, it, I had Beasley at thirty-seven, Emmanuel Sanders at thirty-nine. When I initially put them there, it felt high. But like Tampa Bay secondary is a disaster. And the Bills are coming off a loss. They're going to have to throw the ball a ton, both because they want to and they are physically incapable of running the football, which again will continue to be a problem for them when we get into January. Like I could see either one of those guys having a 20-point game. I really could. Against that, like they're going to cross-train Richard Sherman at safety at this point. Like it's bad in the Buccaneers secondary. So I'm really interested in, in both of those guys. Um, trying to see if there's any. Oh yeah, I guess in top fifty, a couple guys. Another name to mention here. I know this is gonna hurt, so everybody just sit there. I hope you're sitting down. Laquan Treadwell is fantasy relevant. Oh no! Don't do this! Don't do this, Jamie. Laquan Treadwell, wide receiver forty-six. He shouldn't be, but if you watch the Jaguars, they are forcing the ball to yep. Carlos Hyde and Laquan Treadwell. Yep. And- it's just old school football. Carlos Hyde and Laquan Treadwell. I mean, look at it. He's got 13 targets over the last two weeks, uh, eight catches for 115 yards. Like, I'm not saying you're picking him up and starting him in most leagues, but top 50. So he's he's a low-end wide receiver four. So depending on how deep your league is in terms of uh, roster positions and in terms of actual number of people in your league, needs to be on your radar again. Urban Meyer doing his – turning the clock back to what, 2016, 2017 with LaCron Treadwell and Carlos Hyde? 
Yeah, and it looks every bit as bad as it should. Yeah. Uh, I do want to just at least mention it because I mentioned it all throughout the show. Another Jamie Eisner special, Mike Evans at 13, Chris Godwin at 14. So just another area. Well, but, that, but that's not because – okay, so again, but there's a difference. Like when I've done that with some guys is because I don't know. That's actually where these guys both rank projected-wise. Like they just both produce at a high volume. Yeah, it's fair. Godwin with the monster game on Sunday. Yeah, I mean Godwin's going to have more targets and receptions. Mike Evans has more touchdown upside. So, But that's actually where they land in the projections. Like they just happen to be next to each other because they tend to put up similar amounts of points, at least in terms uh, of the projection scale. Let's close with the tight ends. Kelsey, Kittle, Andrews, Gronk, your top four. Yep. And then Knox. And I think there's a, there's a gap. There's a tear break. I think there's a tear break, break here. Yeah. And then we go Knox, Hawkinson, who had a pretty good game on Sunday. Friar Booth, who did not have a good game on Sunday. Dalton Schultz, Ertz, and – man, it just hurts to say. Kyle Pitts all the way down at wide. Dude, Kyle Pitts 10. is still I, a top, top 10 know, tight end in average it's, fantasy it's, points per game. But it hurts. Like, that's how bad he, the position is. But he should be so much more, you know? The tight end position is a disaster. So I, I did my updated thing again. We are down to the average amount of fantasy points given up to the entire tight end position as a whole on a per game basis for each team is 10 fantasy points. So the combined fantasy output of every fantasy tight end for a team in the NFL, 10. It's brutal. Good luck finding any good player. So can can we can we close with this nice little conversation with Kyle Pitts because I just would like to have it. Yeah, you're sad. Okay, let's talk about it. I have a, you know I have a bet with Kyle Krabs of of uh, draft dudes on Kyle Pitts. I have heard of him. Yes, over a thousand yards for the year. Okay, Kyle Kyle Pitts is at seven oh nine. He's got what five games left. He's got three games left. Four games. Oh, left? oh, for, wait! You're doing it for the fantasy season, like. No, he's got what? Three. He's got four games left. Sorry, four. He's games. got five. 14, 15, 16, 17, 18. We have week 18 now, Chris. He has five games okay. left. Sorry, five games left. This so is helping I need, you. I need 300 yards over the next five games. I need him to average 60 yards a game. He hasn't hit 60 yards a game. Yeah. He's only got double digit targets in one game this season. You picked him with the fourth pick in the draft. Was it the London game, too? Yeah, it was the London game. It was the, yeah, it was the game against the Jets. Oh, not surprising. The best game he had of the year. Nine catches, 119 yards, and the only touchdown that he's caught on the season. Not great. You it's take the guy with like the, targets. But you take the guy with the fourth overall pick, and he's got one double-digit target game? You don't have Calvin Ridley. No offense to Russell oh, Gage. I was about to say, I was like, yeah, the problem is, is though they have to force Julio all the targets Julio Jones to Calvin is gone. Ridley. Like, there's, there's nobody to throw the ball to. Just get the ball to Kyle Pitts. I don't understand. This is the weird, like, if you would have told me in the preseason. You have an offensive-minded coach. had this. I would have been a little bit surprised, okay? If you told me this was going to happen to Kyle Pitts with no Calvin Ridley and no Julio Jones, I wouldn't have believed you. I just thought I would not have believed you. Yet here we are. Yeah, he's still going to finish the season as a tight end one because the position is so freaking bad. He's still your tight end 10 this week. I don't feel great about, like, no fans not good either. Like, no, but I, I, I will say this. I, I, I like Zach Ertz a heck of a lot more than I like Kyle Pitts, and you only have Ertz one spot ahead of Kyle Pitts. I mean, because that Cardinal yeah, offense really? is electric. Sure. But what has scored Zach Ertz done in the last, like, three weeks? Let's so, say, or last one week. So I, I, I like him more. Like, 
Well, this actually, to be fair, there's probably a tier break there. Like if we broke the tier after the top four, then it's I think Knox, you break a tier after. Ertz, then there's a tier break there, and then it's like Pitts, Fant, Conklin, Moreau, Ingram. Tier break. Yeah. Like, yeah. So I, I think that's also a good point of like I know we talk about. T- that's, I'm glad you actually brought this up, Chris. I know we talk Thank about you. tier breaks a lot in fantasy drafts, but there are also like tier breaks in position wise too, like during the season. So yes. just because somebody might be one spot below especially at the tight end position. Like you don't see it as, as rapid at the other spots, but the tight end position, you absolutely see it. But your point being that somebody could be one spot below, but still be in a similar tier. And if you have them, it's not a big deal that, you know, you yeah. don't need to go out and or, try or, to acquire a gut. Or in this case, not. Or in this like, case. Yes, not. I agree with you. I'd rather, I'd, I'd rather play like my willingness to play Zach Ertz over Kyle Pitts is not shown as emphatically as it actually exists because Correct. Like, I can't rank anybody else between Ertz and Pitts. So But there is a there is a gap between those two players, even though that they are one spot from each other in the uh it, it, on your rankings. Uh that's it for us. Yes. You're back that's on good. Sunday? Is it are we back together? The solo shows yeah, we, are hard. We'd man. be back. They're not, we're back. They're hard. It's just me talking to myself for yeah, and, minutes. Yeah, you know, it, it sucks I missed out. For those of you that don't know, uh, I was in Atlanta for the SEC championship game. We did it. We did a tailgate as we talked about the reads on the, on the show. So if you've listened to the show for the last month, you know where we were at. Uh, so uh, just trying to get back from there. But uh, I'll be happy to be back on the Sunday show to recap everything. I missed it. I didn't have a chance. But uh, I did get to do a live recap for the draft dudes that were next to me, Key Sanchez and a lot of the other fantasy guys, or TDN good. guys that were there that had their fantasy teams out there. So uh, excited to get rolling back and excited to get back on our schedule. Yeah, well, we're back Sunday, uh, week 14 recap show. Uh, so look forward to that. The draftnetwork.com underneath the fantasy tab is where Jamie has all of his rankings. He has not mentioned it here on the show, but the Flex 50 rankings are also up there as well. You can check all of those out. Uh, he's updating them throughout the week as things change. Jamie, where can everybody follow you on social media? Follow me at Jamie Eisner on Twitter and at Jamie Eisner TDN on Instagram. Follow me on Twitter at Shoe Radio, S-C-H-U Radio. Follow the show on Twitter at TDN Fantasy. Everybody have a great rest of your week. We'll talk to you on Sunday. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.